Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Welcome to episode 221 of a Love Food Podcast. I'm Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I am so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. What is it like for you to be working so hard on rejecting diet culture, moving away from diets, maybe recovering from your eating disorder? What is that like for you? And then noticing your like coworker in the next cubicle or your aunt or your mom or your partner doing some kind of cleanse or trying to do some kind of diet or counting macros, you know, doing these things that are manipulative, rigid, calling foods good or bad, calling certain bodies good or bad and pursuing weight loss. What is that like for you? I know for me, it's exhausting to have to like swim against stream to reject diet culture in a culture that doesn't even recognize that it's so knee deep and something so harmful that it's contributing to oppressing groups of people. I hate it. And I want to throw you a lifeline. I am excited to share a letter from someone today who's going through just this, really recognizing how hard recovery, as much as this person has been working really hard and how much better they're feeling, but just how hard, how tough, how exhausting it is to continue to do so. And my friend and colleague, Robin Goldberg, author of The Eating Disorder Trap, will be joining us to explore some steps forward. But first, a quick 60-second shout out to my sponsors, and then we'll hear this episode's letter and hear from Robin Goldberg. This episode of A Love Food Podcast is brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. Those of you with PCOS who are recovering from an eating disorder, wow, I just want to say to you, I am so proud of you for all the hard work you're doing. I know it is so hard to manage your PCOS and hear all the diet talk and all the pressure to cut out certain foods. I know that this is a really, really tough thing. That's what clients with PCOS have told me. And I designed a course for people with PCOS who are looking for more education and information on ways to manage the condition without diets so you can continue to pursue recovery. It's something that I also made for people who are trying to reject diet culture or just don't want to have to go down that bullshit kind of hamster wheel and want to explore only body positive ways to manage the condition. You can check out all the details on the course at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to this episode's letter. 
Dear Food, where do I begin? I hate you. I love you. You nourish me, yet you cause me feelings of utter guilt and shame. Do I sound crazy yet? I have been struggling with an eating disorder for over 10 years. It started out innocent, as it always does. Just wanted to lose a few pounds here and there. But then the weight loss became addicting. Consume less. Move more. The weight melted off. Okay, I thought this is working. Years down the road, I am faced with a number of health problems, electrolyte imbalances, the bones of an 80-year-old woman. I am 27. Weakening of my heart muscle, low potassium, and oh, did I mention the depression and anxiety? With all these consequences of my eating disorder, I found myself pushed into saying enough is enough. So I went to treatment. I left there feeling great. Then I relapsed. I went back to treatment. Here I am, weight restored, relatively healthy, besides the issues I can't reverse. I follow my meal plan every day, listen to my body, eat when I'm hungry, don't overexercise. It is literally a full-time job committing to recovery and food. So you can imagine my frustration with the world when I am all of a sudden being bombarded by the latest diet trends everywhere I look. Wrap yourself skinny. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Drink the superfood shake. Don't eat that processed crap. Join my fitness accountability group. Do I need to go on? What is happening? I've spent years in treatment trying to develop a healthy relationship with you food, trying to let it sink in that you are not bad, that it's all about balance and getting the nutrients you need to feel your best. And yeah, that also means not denying myself a cookie or a damn muffin when I feel like it. I've been wanting to be okay with eating how I truly want, not how others think I should. But I can only take so much of this diet stuff. I can't have a conversation with someone, log into my Facebook, go to a coffee shop without calories, weight loss, or some new skinny quick scheme being thrown into my face. The problem is, the logical part of me who wants to stay in recovery knows that these schemes are bullshit. But the eating disorder loves this. It loves to just kind of tap me on the shoulder sometimes and say, hey, why don't you just order those shakes? It could be a healthy replacement for lunch if you're on the go. Or, hey, you really don't get enough exercise these days. Why don't you just order that new insane fitness program everyone is raving about? My question is food. How in the world am I expected to stay on track to a healthy, balanced life where everywhere I turn there is a tempting reason for me to go back to my old ways. I know that trying one of these diets, cleanses, programs, will only restrict what I'm allowed to eat, thus ruining all of the progress I've made. But it's so hard, food. Are these people right? Are there foods I need to stay away from? It's so hard not to be tempted or convinced when I'm feeling so vulnerable. Would trying any of these programs hurt me or can I do it in a way that is healthy? Love, tired but tempted of the diet industry. 
Hey there, letter writer. There is something that I hear myself saying at least once a day to someone that is recovering from an eating disorder, that I'm expecting them to recover into a world that hasn't recovered from its own eating disorder yet. Honestly, it hasn't even acknowledged it. It is so not even in the pre-contemplation stage of change, if that's even possible. It has no awareness. It won't recognize it. And it's fighting tooth and nail to keep it going because the dieting industry, also known as the weight cycling industry and the eating disorder industry, those are $70 billion a year in the US industries. So of course they're going to fight hard back. And I really feel for you. And I'm going to go ahead and give a friend of mine a call. She is someone that has written an amazing book. It's called The Eating Disorder Trap. I was lucky to be able to get a little sneak peek on it. And I was thrilled to see what is included in it because she talks about just what you're complaining about. And this person I'm referring to is Robin Goldberg. She's a dietitian out of California. And her book, I can't say enough about it. It is so great if you're experiencing eating disorder, if you're a clinician or you love someone with an eating disorder, it's great because it does identify how the dieting industry, fat phobia, and everyone's like constant pursuit of perfect eating and um, also just weight loss in general how that is so harmful for all of us. So enough about that. Let's go ahead and give Robin a call. Hi, Julie. Hey, Robin. It's Julie Duffy Dillon. How are you? Great. And yourself? I'm really happy to be talking to you. I miss you. And I'm so glad to have this opportunity to talk to you. And so thanks for coming on. Of course. I always enjoy speaking to you. Thanks for having me. Oh, I know. I love talking to you. So did you get a chance to read the letter? Absolutely. Awesome. The letter had a, had a lot um, involved in it. Totally a lot involved. And uh, I know there's going to be people listening who are like, hell yes, that's exactly what I experienced. And when you read this letter, what was your general impression about what they're experiencing? Well, I, I felt bad for the writer, of course, but my initial thought was, does this person have a treatment team that they're actively seeing since being weight restored and being in treatment? That was my initial thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and this person, you know, I, it's, it's really hard for me not to put in like experiences that I have with clients over the years, you know, after 20 years of doing this, we kind of see some themes for a lot of people. And, um, you know, I know when I've talked to people who've gone to treatment a few times, some many more times than that, they may think like, I, I know what to do. I got this, you know? And Sometimes people may not need as much support if they're going into a world where that's like normal to not diet and to not want to be smaller. But, you know, we do live in this world where diet culture is considered like, well, not, people don't even know it is a thing because dieting is so normal. Um, what do you think about that? Well, I think, you know, part of the problem is like you were saying how, I mean, diet culture basically disguises itself in so many um, unethical ways from the standpoint of health and wellness. And, you know, I'm, 
I'm concerned about your well-being. And it's, it's such a term that we hear time and time again. So it sounds rather innocent. And like you even mentioned, I mean, here in this, in this letter, all the different components that the letter writer encompasses are all the components of diet culture. And I'm sure there are many others that were not included too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the way that they describe kind of the, the, can I just kind of like do what everybody else is doing? I mean, is there a way maybe I could do a little bit of these things too? Cause they seem fun. Is there a way for me to access it or is it totally a no go? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a catch 22. It's like someone saying to me, I want to get pregnant. I want to have a baby but I don't want my body to change. Mm. That is what that statement you just mentioned, Julie, reminds me of. It's like they essentially want to have their cake and eat it too. And, and I think the, the problem is, and I was asking before if there was a treatment team, is because although this individual, quote unquote, is weight restored and weight restored does not mean they are recovered from an eating disorder. And if they are truly weight restored, although I know based on the letter, there's you know, osteoporosis amongst other medical issues. The thoughts are the last thing to go. And it's, it's really being able to you know, come to terms with the eating disorder self um, and their healthy self, which is known as the soul self. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, that's so interesting to, to think about. And it just reminds me of the the fact that so many people do think like, oh, okay, my um, body is, um, it appears the way it did before the eating disorder started. So now it's kind of like, I'm all done. <laughs> and I definitely like notice when I work with people who are in the throes of the eating disorder. And then also like years later recovering and, and connecting with their support team, which is really normal to continue to do. Um, it's still needing to like have support with that because they're not just like, rewiring their brain. They're like having to go back into this world that's kind of still poking a stick at that kind of belief system <laughs> to try to like rev it up, you know? Um, and that's what I, I hear happening in there is that she's like, is there any way that I can? Yeah. I mean, it's like she, she's getting act, you know, she, she's being activated mm-hmm. here. And, and the, the problem is that she has not looked at like my eating disorder has a serve, has served a purpose for me. I hear that you're there and really having a conversation with their eating disorder, whether they call their eating disorder Eddie or Edwina or, or Ed, having that conversation and look at what purpose it has served and being able to work on strengthening their healthy self or soul self and being able to merge the two together because I think that the problem is that oftentimes people think like, oh, as you've indicated, their body is at this place where it used to be that that's it. But really working on the psychological piece is a longer journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I wrote down the word activated. I think that's just a, an important tool to know when one is activated. I know in my own therapy, it's something that like has been so important to know when I'm getting activated by something to be able to be like, all right, something's going on. Let me just take a moment, whether it's like pause or something to be able to like, let me take in the situation and zoom out for a second and 
you know, really be able to put together what, why I just got that kind of charge or whatever, however you want to say it. And I know there's people listening again, who can really relate to this letter because, um, this, this experience of recovery, this is one of the reasons why it's so tough. And for someone who can relate to this letter, what would you recommend for like some first steps forward? Well, one of the things I would say as I was commenting before is making sure they have, excuse me, an eating disorder trained registered dietitian, an eating disorder trained mental health provider, an internist and or a psychiatrist if needed who understands this because if they don't have a a team, then they're going to be back and forth with this. Like there's so much, um, there's not, you know, a shade of gray. It's going full throttle or, or not at all is what I hear. So that that's the first thing. But also being able to look at and, you know, what stood out, there's an example I actually talk about in my book called The Helicopter Story in the um, Rife and Rife book. And, and basically in this metaphor, it's, you know, if, if you were going on an airplane when we could fly, you know, we wouldn't be asked if we knew how to swim. And unfortunately, if, you know, the plane crashes, an individual is in the ocean um, with their life preserver and, you know, at, at a float and hoping that someone will be grabbing them. And, and then we think about, you know, I'm waving my hands, I see this helicopter, and they say that they could rescue us. But the way to have them rescue us is we have to let go of this life preserver so they could yank us out of the water. And it's basically being able to ask this individual to, you know, we can't ask someone to let go of a tool that has served a purpose and benefited them throughout their life without having an alternate to keep them, you know, held up without drowning. And it's the same thing. It sounds like this, you know, person really has to do some work um, and be able to process these feelings that are coming up for them about all the specific trends in diet culture. Yeah, you know, the the thing I really appreciate, I don't think you've used this word, but like hearing about how you're, um, how you're looking into this is coming from a place of compassion and permission. Like, hey, like there's a reason why this is happening. Let's uncover that and be kind to that part and then decide for you and your soul self, like you said, like what you need to move on to be safe. And instead of like, just stop that, you know, or I, and I think especially for people who experience um, binging or what they may describe as a binge, um, often just think that they should just stop doing those behaviors when um, the only way I ever see people moving forward in recovery is coming from a place of compassion and like permission. Like this, this is where I am, you know, and this has been how I've survived. And in order to find other ways, I need to have other things that help, but we're not going to have those other ways until those other things actually can help. You know what I mean? You can't just Absolutely. Like, take it away and put another one in. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, such a valid comment of what you said, Julie, because I actually, in, in my book, The Insert Trap, this is, there's four sections to it. And the fourth section is what you've just referenced. It's the road to recovery. It is about compassion. There's got to be something better and just really surrendering and putting all your cards on the table and to be able to do the work. So, you know, having a more fulfilling life can happen. Mm-hmm. Totally. Oh, and 
I'm so glad that you brought up the helicopter story too. It's one that I know for a lot of people has helped them to to move forward and and also for people who um, love someone with an eating disorder to understand more about how to help. So I appreciate that. And um, I wanted to know, um, Robin, if you have something that you would like to add to the Food Peace Syllabus. And if you're new to the Love Food Podcast, the Food Peace Syllabus is a collection of resources that we've been putting together. And that there are resources that are fat positive, non-diet, things that help support recovery. And you can get the latest copy at juliedillonrd.com. And Robin, what would you like to add to it? So I would love to add my new book, The Eating Disorder Trap a guide for clinicians and loved ones. I would also like to add the eight keys, um, which is referenced actually in my book. It's, it's Carolyn Costin and Gwen Grab's book, The Eight Keys to Recovery. And the Rife and Rife example, although it is in my book, um, a listener may or may not be interested in it because it's a heavy-duty textbook that many of us have uh, used throughout our entire career, but I think that would be a nice yeah, resource. It has the smallest print. <laughs> yeah. But it's mine is like so well used. Like it's so worn. Yes. <laughs> so, um, for sure. um and I know um there's there's just so much meat to that book too. And that I before I gave you a call, I was telling the listeners how much I really appreciated your book because um it was the first book that I read um to help people, um, whether it's a clinician or a family member, to help people recover that really called out diet culture and was inclusive. Like I could tell you were being mindfully inclusive of any person who could experience an eating disorder, which is just so wonderful. Like we don't get that in the eating disorder world. Um, the eating disorder world, as as you and I both know, is just... Um, in its own diet culture, basically, you know, and, and, and stereotypes. So I really, really appreciated that about your book. So I will put those three on there for sure. Thank you. It's, it's helpful when you're able to have a lot of fantastic um, peers review your manuscript, because as you said, Julie, I really wanted a book that was inclusive to all. And mm -hmm. it, it's hard to find that these days. So mm -hmm. there are a lot of, you know, things I wanted to encompass that I've not seen in books. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, listeners would really appreciate that. And um, if someone wants to find out more about you or maybe wants to find a way to work with you, where's the, what's the best way for them to find you? So my website is askaboutfood.com. I am also on Instagram, Robin with a Y, Goldberg, RDN. And I am also on Twitter, Robin with a Y, RDN. Well, I will put all those in the show notes. And thank you so much, Robin, for all your time and compassion, expertise. And it was so great to actually get the chance to talk to you. So thank you so much for coming on Love Food. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I'm sending you a virtual hug. <laughs> I got it. Thanks. <laughs> Take care. Great. You too. So there you have it. Letter writer, I hope my conversation with Robin Goldberg was helpful for you. And anyone listening who can relate to this letter writer, I know a lot of people are fighting tooth and nail every single day for recovery. And again, trying to recover into a world that hasn't yet. But just know that so many people, myself included, are rooting for you. I see that food is written back, but before we get to food's letter, 
This episode of A Love Food Podcast was brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. Get to all the details at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. If you enjoyed this episode of the Love Food Podcast, I would so appreciate it if you left a rating, a review, subscribed, and shared an episode. Doing any of those acts of kindness really helps the show grow. And I also have a goal of getting to 1,000 reviews. I am trying to find a literary agent. And one of the things that I have gotten as feedback is if I get to 1,000 reviews, then maybe they'll sign me up. (laughs) So I'm working really hard to do that. And thank you, thank you, thank you for helping me reach that goal. All right, until next time, take care. Dear tired but tempted of the diet industry, we know you've experienced this love-hate relationship with us. And please know we've only wanted to nourish you. We haven't ever brought you harm. We see you being seduced slowly, innocently, methodically, by diet culture. Please get extra support. We've seen you're really tired of always fighting and your recovery is worth every step, no matter how hard it gets. Love, food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.